السلام علیکم و رحمت اللہ و برکاتہ بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم ہالیڈے ٹائم نا آئی تھنک ایوری ون آفیشلی از آن لیو اور ڈیفینیٹلی بی اینڈ دا چلڈرن آئر ہوم یو آئر ہوم اینڈ یو آر گیٹنگ ریڈی ٹو ہیو سم کوالٹی ٹائم وز فیملی ریلیکس ریجوونیٹ ریبوٹ ناؤ ٹوڈے وی آر ٹوکنگ اباؤٹ ہیپی فیٹ اینڈ Surprisingly, our feet are the one part of our body, or like the two parts of our feet, that are the least cared for, the most neglected. And after visiting my podiatrist um, recently, um, I was shocked that every time I wore a particular pair of shoe, or I thought this was good for me, it actually wasn't. So we decided to do a show today where... my podiatrist, um, Bavir Mehta, I'm going to tell you more about him just now, and I want to educate, empower, motivate, and inspire all our listeners, whether you are adults or children, on how to look after your feet. Because we always say, look to the future and put your best foot forward. So, Bavir Mehta is a podiatrist based here in Port Elizabeth. And he is going to be sharing lots of valuable information that you thought you knew or you really didn't know. And we are going to try and ensure that we can assist you in having and maintaining happy feet for yourself and obviously for your children. Good morning, Bavir, and welcome to Radio Islam International and to your talk. Good morning, Bibi Aisha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure. Now, Bavir, when we met a few weeks ago, you were really, really not in a happy place when you saw my feet. And, and you know, we, we spoke about my obsession with high heel shoes. And remember what we said. And I said, but I'm a short person. You're like, mm-hmm, doesn't matter. But now look where you're sitting. So that's for another show where we're going to talk about high heel shoes. But before we get to all of this, you know, it's said that there are high heel shoes for young children. Yeah, let's see how we can talk about this in the most positive way possible. So, Bavir, for those people who do not know what is podiatry, if you could please explain um, what a podiatrist does and how did you get involved in this field? You know, for, for students that finish matric right now, it could be something they, they should consider or could consider. Absolutely. So, podiatry is a profession that often wears many hats. We... treat things, any, any, any type of foot ailment, whether it's got to do with the skin, the nails, ingrown toenails, plantar warts, pain in the foot itself. Um, I like to tell you a little bit a story of actually how I got into podiatry itself. So in high school, I played a lot of cricket. I played some squash and I never had any foot problems, but I used to get a bit of a lower back pain. And I would visit my GPs and physiotherapists and chiropractors, and it would definitely help. But in a matter of two months or three months, the pain would be back. And I eventually, from a family friend, advised me to see a podiatrist, which is something I never knew about. And I went to see this podiatrist. He had a look at my feet and said that the problem is coming from my feet, which didn't make any sense to me at all. Uh, he had a look at me walk. He had a look at me run. He saw that when I walked, my left foot walked perfectly straight, although my right foot rolled and collapsed slightly inwards. 
And that was effectively making one leg a little bit longer than the other. That was putting a little bit of strain through my knee. That was putting some strain through my lower back. And that was actually giving my lower back pain uh, while I was playing sports. So he made me a pair of inner soles that basically corrected that right foot that was collapsing slightly towards the inside. And that fixed my lower back pain. So that was my introduction to podiatry. And I thought podiatry was just things like corns and calluses and hard skin and ingrown toenails. But it, it opened my eyes and it made me realize that how fascinating the body can actually be. Absolutely. You know, a little bit of background information that I want to share is, you know, recently I've been going through loads of pain uh, on the bottom of my feet, on the soles of my feet. And, you know, similar story to yours where, um, you know, I was advised to go and see, uh, see doctors and could it be arthritis? Could it be this? Could it be that? And it's actually... Um, Bad habits, <laughs> bad habits of wearing the wrong shoes, standing too much, which a lot of us do, and a whole lot of other things that we take for granted, but we don't realize that it has um, long-term effects on your health, on your feet. Um, I mean, your feet, it's, it's your, your foundation. You stand on your feet all the time. So, Bavir, when it comes to young children, what what? exactly are the most common problems that young children face, um, you know, from um, a natural point of view regarding um, foot health. Okay, so with kids and teenagers alike, I would say the most common thing that I see in my practice would probably be ingrown toenails. We often find that kids do not cut their toenails properly or Mm. parents are not cutting their toenails properly. Uh, I often see kids who begin cutting their toenails, but that last little piece that's left behind, they tend to rip it off or they tend to pull it off or leave a little bit behind and that can cause a, quite a bad ingrown toenail that can become mm. infected, that can become very painful. Uh, so that's something I treat on a regular basis. Uh, and the other thing would probably be planter warts. Planter warts look very similar to corns. They look like little hard pieces of skin that's underneath the foot, and it's quite painful to actually walk on. Uh, A corn is basically a hard piece of skin that's stuck underneath the foot and is very, very painful to walk on, whereas a wart is slightly different. A planter wart is actually a viral infection of the skin, and it basically causes pain in the foot, and it's picked up during gym sessions. It's picked up during public swimming pools. It's picked up in the changing rooms while kids are barefoot or even showering without wearing flip-flops in a public area. And it's good uh, that we're talking a- about this right now, Pavir. I'm so sorry to, mm-hmm. to mention this, but think of it, it's holiday time now. Um, lots of parents, you know, sometimes take their children to the public pools or they go away on a holiday. And obviously, you know, it's a public area. So lots of people are using, um, you know, the, the, the bathrooms and using the public pools. And this, these are, this is valuable information for parents. Um, when you are at the beach and when you are at public pools, that how, we should be caring for our feet and teaching our children um, how to protect themselves from getting these viral infections. 
Absolutely. So it's, it's, it's something that's, it's a perfect time of the year. As you said, it's just a matter of wearing some sandals or wearing some flip flops when you're in those areas, because things like plant awards is very easy to pick up. Athlete's foot, which is something we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, also a fungal infection of the foot also picked up from swimming pools and showers, public showers and areas like that. Uh, the other thing that I see. Cutting your nails. I was going to ask you, um, Sometimes we're guilty of cutting our nails too short. Is that, can that be a problem? Because of the ingrowth yeah, nails? That is definitely a problem. Cutting your nails way too short can encourage the nail to start growing into the skin. So it's just about, you find a lot of people don't cut their nails very often and they wait for it to get long and then decide to cut it too short so that they don't have to do it again in a hurry. So mm -hmm. cutting it too short can be a problem. It can actually encourage those ingrown toenails. No, no. Okay, you were saying you were telling us about some more ailments yeah. that children yeah, face so, naturally. Uh, Children and teenagers, there's another thing that comes up quite regularly in practice, which is heel pain or pain at the back of the heel. And you often find that it happens in younger kids between the ages of maybe around seven to uh, maybe about 14 or 15 years old, especially active kids. And it's a pain right at the back of the heel. And they'll find, they'll often complain of pain when they're playing sports or when they're running around. And if it gets quite severe, it can be even while they're walking in school or just, you know, sitting down. And that is a type of growth pain. It's called severs. And that is a type of growth pain that, that is caused. You often know that the kid is going to be quite tall when this happens. Uh, it means that the bones of the leg... Is, are growing a little bit faster than the tendon at the back of the heel can handle. So you often get a lot of pain right there. And it's something that a podiatrist treats quite regularly. You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned this because I've heard this before. And, you know, we always, I always thought it was a must where it was called growing pains. Mm -hmm. that and is I'm exactly so glad that you is, mentioned so it's a, that it's not a must, it's the truth. It is. It's absolutely a type of growing pain. It's a it's an injury of the growth plate. We have growth plates in between the bones, and for kids, those growth plates are still open. They those growth plates tend to close at around the age of seventeen or eighteen, and while those growth plates are open, if there is a lot of stress to them, especially in active young kids who run around a lot. Those, those growth plates can be quite uh, painful. So it is a growing pain and it's quite easily treated by a podiatrist. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing I was going to ask you, you, you know, we talk about um, children that have corns. These are young mm -hmm. children and you see their beautiful little toesies and then there are corns on the pinky. Why is this happening? Ill-fitting shoes? Definitely. So, so no matter the age, whether it's kids, whether it's adults, as soon as you see those corns developing on the side of the foot or even under the foot, it's definitely due to those tight, ill-fitting shoes. So trying to squash your foot into a shoe that can't handle it and the shoe fights back 
and puts pressure onto the foot and causes those very painful corns on the, on, on the foot. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it, if, it's, if it squashes the foot even further, you'll start to get corns in between the toes, which can be quite painful as well. I can imagine. And we're going to talk about the remedies for all of that just now. I was going to ask you something, a very common thing that I hear, you know, you know being an educator. Um, club feet. What are club feet? So club feet is a is a type of deformity that happens. Uh, it's, it's actually quite common. You find about 10% of kids have this where the foot is slightly in an inward position where the bottom of the foot is pointing towards the inside. Uh, it's a type of deformity, but if it's tre- it, it, it can often resolve its own. But if by the age of around six years old or seven years old, you're finding or the parents are seeing that that deformity is not resolving, they should definitely go see their, their pediatrician or doctor to go see what's happening because there is there are ways that that can be that it can be relieved um, by strapping the foot a little bit in a straighter position to allow it to grow in a straighter position but it's something that's very common and and can happen during during birth now, Vaveer, I have to share something with our listeners. When you and I had a conversation, um, you know, a few weeks ago, um, I always heard about this again. Let's say we're busting the mud today. So hmm. we as human beings, all of us, have one foot slightly longer than the other. Is that true? That is very true. Yes, we all have it. I have it. You have it. And every listener has it as well. So every one foot is not exactly the same as the other one. Everybody has one foot that is slightly longer than the other. And everyone has one foot that's slightly wider than the other. Mm, I so guess. that I is very true. All right. And, and, and sometimes you have um, people, children that are born where that length may be greater than what's the normal um, expectancy. Mm-hmm. What, what would that situation be called? What would that be classified as? Well, I'm not exactly sure what the technical term would be, but uh, but it, I would say anything that is more than about a centimeter would probably be uh, abnormal. I would say if it's if it's less than a centimeter, it's probably within normal ranges. But the technical term, I'm actually not sure what that is called. That person would obviously uh, have to see their GP, and they will be referred to probably uh, you know an orthopedic surgeon or somebody that exactly. can assist. All right. Absolutely. That's right. So now we're going to talk about um, the unnatural ways of how we damage our feet. I'm going to be the first to say this publicly. I like wearing high heel shoes. And, you know, sometimes we, we want to be, you know, I'm short, so I always say this gives me height. But I'm not realizing in the long run, which I'm going through right now, that there's a reason why you shouldn't be wearing high heel shoes all of the time. But the shocking thing right now is, Bavir, that there are high heel shoes available for young children. I mean, wedge sandals that look like high heels. And these are children walking like they are stomping a felt fire with the shoes. They are battling because these shoes are so heavy for their little feet. Yes, so so basically, I don't think it takes a podiatrist to tell anybody that high heels are bad. I think everybody that wears high heels 
knows how bad they are for their feet because they're always complaining that my feet are killing me and they can't wait to take them off as soon as they get back into the car or as soon as they sit down. So mm -hmm. I think everybody who wears high heels do know how bad they are. Unfortunately, kids are wearing them and I think, you know, a, a, a children's foot is a lot more flexible than an adult's foot. So when they when they put their foot into that high heel, they may not complain as much. But the problem is that if you put your foot into a high heel shoe, there's so much pressure into your ankle. It completely puts the ankle out of alignment. And walking like that can cause ankle deformities later in life. So it may be not something that that happens while they are children and while they are teenagers. But later in life, I mean, I hear it so often where moms tell, they, tell me that, you know, I always tell my daughters, stop wearing high heels, otherwise you're going to have feet like mine. Mm. And it, okay. when wearing high heels, the ankle goes out of alignment, which means everything up that chain is going to go out of alignment. Your knee will go out of alignment. Your hip will go out of alignment. Your lower back will go out of alignment. And it will cause a lot of stress later. And, you know, wedges are a little bit better because the, the, the front of the foot and the heel is a little bit more gradual, that lift upwards. So it is a little bit better than high heels. Wedges are a little bit better. Uh, not great, but I would rather opt for wedges over and for, heels. For young um, girls, I, I would think maybe when they're teenagers, not very young girls, but like you say, yes. you know, the thumbs are still sort of forming and, and you don't want to create those bad habits. So for young girls, would probably still be, you know, nice, pretty um, sandals and shoes that are still, um, maybe has a bit of a heel, but not something that's going to be um, like a high heel wedge. Yes, I would actually, for kids, I would rather look at more flatter styles of shoes. Definitely, it's something that's going to allow the foot to develop in a lot more natural way. It's going to allow the muscles of the leg and the ankle to develop. Whereas if you stick your foot in a wedge, even though I'm saying a wedge is a, be a better shoe, if you do stick your foot into a wedge for a child, it is stopping the, those muscles from developing properly in the leg. Sure. That is and, and another thing, another thing that often happens with, with kids and teenagers is those high heels and wedges, they often aggravate that very scary deformity called a bunion. Ooh. And putting so much pressure onto the front of the foot and squashing your toe in that position as well, you literally forcing the toe to grow in a, in a deformed direction. So a bunion is very common and it one of the main causes is due to ill, proper, non-fitting shoes, basically. Um, and it's the deformity of that first toe. Mm. Yes. How, how would, would you fix a bunion in a child? So a bunion in a child is definitely not something common. It's very rare <laughs> in that case. If it is a child that you are starting to see a bunion, the best way to, to alleviate that would probably be stop wearing any very tight shoes that are compressing the toe and causing the bunion to further become deformed. I would say they visit a podiatrist who can show you certain types of strapping techniques mm -hmm. to get the toe away from the deformity, basically. And also, if, if the child is old enough, and when I say old enough, I mean about six or seven, uh, 
a bunion can be slowed down with a with a pair of inner soles that a podiatrist makes mm-hmm. to stop mm-hmm. the pressure to that first bone, which aggravates the bunion. But the main main thing is definitely looking at shoe wear. Stop stop wearing any shoes that compresses the toes and squashes them into the foot. What would you do if your child has corns? I mean, to see a little girl or a little boy that has corns and you're like, no, 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 this is still a little babaki that should not be on. What would you do then? What should parents well, do? I, yeah, again, it's something that's not very common. That's usually uh, putting a lot of pressure onto the foot. So it's not something that you'd really see in children. Um, if it is something that you are seeing, Definitely visit a podiatrist because it may have been misdiagnosed and it's not a corn and it might be that plantar wart that we were talking about a little bit earlier. In children, it's not often that you're going to see that corn, although if tight-fitting shoes are worn, like you were saying earlier, that little corn on the pinky toe, the number one thing is to just make sure that the, the shoe wear is correct and not pressing into the foot. And we're going to talk about this a little more after the ad break. Lots of positive messages coming. There are loads of questions from parents. Uh, we will be discussing it after the ad break. Don't go away because we want to learn more about Happy Feet. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You are back onto Youth Talk with me, Bibi Aisha Lehe. Remember, Youth Talk is not a show for children. It is a program designed for parents and adults to educate, empower, motivate, and inspire children and to inspire yourselves and learn yourself about the holistic development of youth and the challenges faced by the youth globally. So today we're talking about happy feet, how to keep your feet and maintain them to be in a healthy state for yourself and for your children. And my guest is Bavir Mita, who is a podiatrist based in Port Elizabeth. So, Bavir, just before the ad break, we spoke about common, um, you know, ailments that children have. Some of them are natural um, when it comes to their uh, foot health, and others are self-inflicted. So, I want to talk a little bit about the naughty ones that happen to just crop up, so to speak. And that could come because of our negligence or maybe lack of knowledge. Another big one that we hear, and especially now during the holiday period, and what do we do to ensure we don't get it and if we do get it what do we do okay so so athlete's foot is basically a fungal infection of the skin it can cause peeling of the skin it can cause itchiness it can cause uh, a little bit of pain as well uh, the, the thing is a fungal infection is often picked up near those public barefoot areas like we were discussing a little bit earlier like your swimming pools like your public changing rooms in the gyms as well as well as the showers so i do recommend wearing sandals as much as possible when you in those public areas or in the changing rooms although athlete's foot is very easily treated i mean a simple cause of antifungal cream usually clears it right up Uh, but the problem with athlete's foot Besides it infecting the foot and the skin and becoming itchy and peeled skin, is that fungal infection can actually spread to the socks and your shoes. Mm. So you might be treating 
your fungal infection in your foot. But that fungal infection has gone into your socks and into your shoes. And if you are treating the fungal infection in your foot, you can easily get a reinfection if your shoes and socks are not treated. And how do you do that? So there is a there is a product on the market called Fungi Solve. It's mm-hmm. often sold at Sportsman's Warehouse. Um, if you can't find it at Sportsman's Warehouse, yeah. your your podiatrist would be able to to uh, give you some as well. But Fungi Solve is a is a concentrated liquid that you use to clean your shower floors with. You use to wash your socks in. You clean the insides of your shoes with, and that's the only thing that's actually been proven to kill that fungus and create reinfection. I need to ask you something that I often see with children as a teacher and you see it sometimes also with siblings where they wear each other's shoes or each other's sandals and sometimes the parents are doing on holiday just put this on quickly we're in a rush. That is an absolute no-no because if your one child, like you say, may have had, um, you know, athlete's foot and you did not clean those shoes and socks, the other one's going to get it. Am I correct? That, that's very true. I mean, uh, a fungal infection loves to spread and a fungal infection spreads very easily. So even if you don't have any peeling of the skin or you don't have any itchiness of the skin, there may be a mild fungal infection there that can present in your sibling or, or, or anybody else that wears your shoes or socks. So it's definitely a no-no. I would rather tell people to wear their own socks and shoes, but... Uh, a fungal infection does spread very rapidly. And also if there's like uh, like siblings that share a bed, you know, we like two sisters that sleep together or two mm. brothers, you know, that share a bed. Mm. Really like, like holiday time, sometimes we get cousins that want to stay over. And if someone has, you know, a fungal infection, with, can they get it? Because yeah, they're sharing, you know, the bed sheets, the blankets. It is possible, but very unlikely. I would say it's more likely from pick, picking up from wearing each other's shoes and socks, not so much from, from sharing a bed. But I think um, it, it can happen. I mean, it's not impossible. It's not impossible, but I would say it's it's a lot more likely to pick it up from the shoes and socks and, and as well as those public areas as we were talking about a little bit earlier. Okay. Now, the other thing is, when we were talking earlier about warts, previously, um, you know, we used to listen and read that, we, uh, you know, um, doctors or podiatrists would freeze a wart. How is, how is it treated now? So, yes, that, that, that is very true. Uh, a wart looks like a corn. It's often misdiagnosed. It's a, it looks like a piece of hard skin somewhere underneath the foot. And... The difference between a corn and a wart is the corn is that hard piece of skin, whereas a wart is actually a viral infection of the skin. And before there were treatments where we actually freeze them with liquid nitrogen or burn them, but we often find that the success rate was not was not great. I mean, it was maybe about a 50 to 60% success rate and you would often have regrowth of that wart. So the new treatment for warts by podiatrists is a type of needling technique. I know it's going to sound very painful, <laughs> but it, has, it is done under anesthetic so, so the, the, the patient doesn't actually feel anything. So this method of treatment is actually looking at the wart for what it is. It is a viral infection. And let's say, for example, we get the flu 
We know that that's a viral infection. It's inside of our body. Our own immune system realizes that there is a virus inside our body and our immune system fights it off. And with a, with a viral wart, on the other hand, because it's on the outside of the skin, sitting on top of the skin, it hasn't made contact with our blood supply. So our body doesn't know that this wart is on the, on the skin. So treat it, the new treatment for warts is a needling technique where under anesthetic, so the patient doesn't feel any pain again, and it's needling that viral tissue into your blood supply. It's a very quick, it sounds painful, but it's really not. And it's five, it takes five minutes and introducing that viral load into your skin allows your own immune system to fight off this virus instead of trying to freeze it or burn it. Another reason why I don't like freezing and burning warts is that you often find that once it, if it does heal, it heals with scar tissue. Mm. And walking on scar tissue can be quite uncomfortable. Whereas mm. this needling technique does not leave any scar tissue. And I would say the success rate is probably 99%. Schools, I know it's holidays and people are probably going to say, no, Vanisha, please don't say the F word. Please don't. But unfortunately, I have to because there are a lot of people that are doing shopping for school. So I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say the F word, school shoes. Mm-hmm. What is okay. your advice to parents and to teenagers that are listening in that are probably saying, no, no, switch the radio. Of course, she's talking about school. <laughs> what is your advice? Them okay, so um, it depends on the teenager that's listening, actually. They, they might actually like what I have to say. So mm-hmm. I would say more importantly than the, more important than the brand of shoe would be the fit of the shoe. I mean, I do understand kids' feet grow rapidly, and before you know it, their shoes are too small for them. Uh, but having the correct size at all times will save their feet from a lot of trouble and trauma in the future. I would say, I mean, they, they are many brands that you could go with a lot of them can't be are not available in stores you would have to go to your podiatrist and have mm. for you although the most accessible brand that i prefer would probably be grasshoppers grasshoppers mm. the, the shape of them are a lot more like the foot itself as opposed to certain other brands which tend to point the toes and squash the toes in front Whereas grasshoppers, they are a lot softer and the, the, the shape of the actual shoe is a lot more like the foot as opposed to other pointier shoes. Now, I was going to ask you, that. thank you for sharing that advice. See, guys, it wasn't that bad. So the other thing I need to ask you, which is very, very important to me, is, you know, when children wear flip-flops, like now it's holiday time, lots of them like walking bare feet, lots of adults like walking bare feet. What is, what is your advice to parents and children, teenagers that are listening in right now regarding walking bare, bare feet? And also, you know, the sandals that you buy, um, you know, to walk around at home. Something comfortable, your slippers. What's the no-no and what's the yes, go for it? Okay, so I would say walking barefoot is very healthy. Running barefoot is very healthy in kids. Um, it Walking and running barefoot does help to strengthen the small muscles in the foot. It helps to strengthen the larger muscles in the ankle and the leg. So I am a huge uh, proponent of, you know, walking barefoot and running barefoot and strengthening the muscles and allowing the foot to develop in a more natural way. Whereas 
Walking around at home, there's absolutely nothing wrong with wearing some flip-flops or sandals. Uh, the only time, I, like we were saying earlier, the only time I don't like the barefoot walking is in public areas like your swimming pools or showers. Uh, flat shoes are not really a problem for children. I know we, was, we were speaking earlier about flat shoes and how it might be a no-no, but flat shoes are really not a problem for children or teenagers. In fact, I, I encourage flat shoes and I encourage barefoot walking and running um, mm. because it does strengthen those muscles, as I was saying. But flat shoes are a no-no for people who already have a foot injury, like heel pain or arch pain or pain in the ball of the foot as flat shoes or flat slippers or flat sandals only tend to aggravate those injuries. So if you are pain-free and if you have no injuries to your foot, being barefoot or wearing flat shoes, slippers or sandals are perfectly fine. If you are in pain and you do have a foot injury or a pain in your foot that's been going on for longer than three to four weeks, definitely go see your podiatrist. It might be time for some treatment. Now, you know, everyone has that one sandal or that one slipper or just that one shoe that it doesn't matter how old it is, but it's that that's your go-to shoe. And, you know, sometimes when mums, um, you know, decided let's go through your things together and let's see what we can give away, what needs to go into the bin and what we can keep. And, you know, children will say, but this is my favorite, you know, slipper or my grand gave me this sandal or my grandpa gave me this and I like it. What is your advice to them? Because when a shoe basically wears out or worn out, it's not going to be helping you. That, that is very true. I mean, I, I don't want to tell anybody to just throw away shoes, but if there is sentimental value to the shoe, I mean, you, you could always keep the shoe. I mean, maybe maybe they're not going to wear it again, but they're going to keep it in the back of that cupboard and because they know that that's the most comfortable shoe. They may not even wear it again, but maybe it has a little bit of sentimental value if somebody's given it to them <laughs> or they, they, they've worn it for a while and they have... Yes. Yeah. Now, I think we're going to have to go back to the very, very, very basic now, Bavir, before we round off the show, and that will be cleanliness, hygiene. So when we wash our feet, like, you know, in Islam, um, you know, before we pray, we make the wudu, and, you know, you, you, you cleanse your body before you're praying, and often we do not dry our feet. I mean, everybody, when you're showering, when you're bathing, um, we will just maybe like a quick wipe over the toes. Sometimes we forget the toes and, you know, in between the toes. And why is this something we should not be doing? What could we be causing in our feet later? What's the problem? So the prob- yeah, so the problem with not drying your feet properly, whether it's the top, the bottoms, or in between the toes, is that that fungal infections that we talked about a little bit earlier, fungal infections love that warm, wet environments where you're going to have a shower, you're not going to dry your feet properly or your feet are going to get wet and then you're going to go stick them into a pair of shoes. It's a dark environment, it's a wet environment and it's a warm environment and that's what that fungal infection thrives on. So uh, again, it's something that I see every day, those fungal infections in the feet and that comes from not or one of the reasons is not drying the feet properly. So you want to make sure that you're getting in between those little toes and you're making sure that you're keeping them dry just to keep away those fungal infections.
Like, you know, you're going to bust the blood for me? What tell me with the fact? It's not good to sleep with smoke. Yes or no? Uh, uh, there's nothing wrong with sleeping with socks. I think if it's a personal preference thing, I think um, if you if you tend to have colder feet, uh, a lot of people like to sleep with socks. Many people's feet can't handle socks at night where they feel like their feet are burning. Um, I do feel like it's a personal preference thing. There's absolutely nothing wrong with sleeping with socks on. Okay. And when people want like soft heels, um, I know this is something my mom used to always tell us when we were growing up. She says, put lots of, you know, like uh, like something moisturizing, like a Vaseline or something on your feet. Mm. And, you know, just put some socks on and it'll keep your feet soft. Mm. Was mom's advice the right one? She was definitely right. I mean, <laughs> it is the best time of the day to moisturize your feet or the best time of the night is just before you sleep. And keeping those socks on will just help the, the the moisturizer to not go off on the sheets and the blankets and keep it where it should be, which is onto your foot. When is how often should children visit a podiatrist? Because sadly, it's only when there's a problem, and sometimes it can be a little bit too late, so the you know the process can be a bit longer. So, what is your advice regarding you know children visiting a podiatrist and teenagers? Because obviously with now teenagers, they're older, they make decisions differently regarding what they want to wear. They want to follow trends. They want to follow social media. They want to be like their friends. And, you know, you could have a, a friend that has broad feet, so this friend can only wear a particular type of shoe or sandal. Uh, with, you know, with girls, for example, there are some that have um, thinner feet and they like the pointy sandals and it's not going to be working for you. So they need to be having problems. So generally, visits to a podiatrist. What are your recommendations? My personal recommendations would be that you don't have to see a podiatrist on a regular basis unless there's something that's bothering you. I wouldn't say you need to go in once a year just to go have a foot checkup. It's not really necessary unless you're feeling that there's some issue with your foot. There's a lot of people that have foot pain and it's been going on for six months, eight months, one year, sometimes longer. And that's when it becomes a problem. That's when it, when the treatment takes so much longer. So I always recommend if you have a problem in your foot and it's been there for longer than three weeks, definitely go see a podiatrist. If it's not healing by itself, if it's not, uh, if it's not, if, if any treatment that you're doing or a doctor's doing is not working, definitely go see a podiatrist. But I wouldn't say that if you are pain-free and have no problems with your foot, that you still need to see a podiatrist. I, I would always recommend, you know, if it's not broken, don't mm. fix it. So yeah. if there isn't a problem, you don't need to see a podiatrist. But if there is something that's con that's concerning you, if there is a pain that's been there longer than three weeks, definitely go see a podiatrist. I have to ask you this question because this has been a trend now. So sometimes, you know, there's um, moms that want to do something different for their daughters, especially when their daughters are a bit older, like nine or ten or even teenagers, and they have these little kitty pamper parties where they have, you know, petitions coming over or going to a venue and they have these treats where they have mini pedicures for young girls. Is that recommended i mean like the filing process and the buffing process and especially when it comes to filing um you know the sole of the feet um 
should that be practiced for young girls? What is your suggestion? Wow, well, I I had no idea that that was even going on. Wow. Well, exactly. um, <laughs> yeah. So so basically, it I it's not a recommended practice. I mean, it's 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 something really for your uh, older teenagers and women. I don't think people should be or children should be filing away at their feet. Uh, you might be filing away a little bit too much and aggravating it and actually wanting and causing hard skin to develop even faster. So another thing is uh, the person doing the filing, the person doing the nail treatments must make sure that they are sanitizing their equipment. That's the most important thing. But for kids, I mean, kids don't often have hard skin and problems with their feet in terms of their skin and filing away actually might be filing away healthy skin and that can actually cause a problem so i wouldn't recommend it and i would rather say once you are you know an older teenager at age of 16 or 17 then you can maybe consider going to a beautician but anything under that i don't see why that, that should be a thing. i think it's very important that we stress this um you know to the youth that are listening today and to parents that we often would like to follow the trend, especially when you're a, a teenager, you're already going through all the hormonal changes which are natural and you want to fit in and you want to be part of the group. And people, again, like I said, could be following a particular brand name and they say you need to only wear these sports shoes or these sandals. But it should be a personal preference because, again, you need to see the size of your feet and, you know, broad feet, thin feet, fat feet, um, you know, what 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 look will be only suit you? What look will be comfortable for you? So, what is your advice to our listeners regarding that? Because at the end of the day, it comes to an individual choice for good health for your feet, rather than wearing this pointy sandal or rather than wearing a particular brand name because it's what's trendy right now. It's it's very difficult to get away from what's trendy and what's fashionable, especially for kids and teenagers. They're going to see their friends with those new pair of Nikes and they're going to want them as well. And it's very difficult to get away from that. Um, I don't, I'm, I'm not a type of podiatrist that recommends a specific type of brand of shoe. Um, everybody's foot is slightly different. There's no one brand that works for everybody. So it's something that you will obviously have to go into the shop, fit on different types of shoes, not what looks best, but what fits best. And uh, not just looking at the shoe and picking it off the shelf or ordering it online or, you know, it's something that you have to fit on. Absolutely. And that goes for kids, that goes for teenagers, that goes for, for anybody of any age. I mean, whether, whether you're buying a health sandal or a health shoe for you, it's not about what it looks like, it's about how it fits. Thank you, Rita. An absolute pleasure having you with us here on Youth Talk on Radio Islam International. May the Almighty, Almighty bless you with abundance and reward you in abundance for the outstanding work that you are doing in the community in educating and empowering everyone who has the pleasure of meeting you and knowing you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Bibi Aisha. It was lovely to, to speak to you today. I'm looking forward to having you back on air with us really, really soon. To our beloved listeners, your feet, your body is an amana.
It is given to you by Allah for you to look after. Look after your feet. Put your best foot forward and move ahead. Don't forget, it's holiday time. Do not forget to read your salah. Do not forget to make dua. Do not forget to spend this time with family. Reconnect, reboot, rejuvenate, and make, you know, make time to do the things that Allah will be pleased with. Remember, your free time is a nikmah. It's a blessing from Allah. On behalf of myself, Bibi Aisha Lahe, my sound engineer, uh, Muhammad Mutara, and everybody here at Radio Islam International, we wish you a beautiful, restful time with your family. If you are fortunate to travel, please be safe. May Allah take and return you safely. Wherever it is that you go, remember first, salah first, Spend time with your family. Help at home with household chores because it is sunnah. And thank Allah for the blessings that you have. What we take for granted, other people are praying for. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our efforts. And inshallah, until we speak again, remember us in your duas as you are remembering ours. Jazakallah khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.